Um, my message today is called The Necessity of Living Water. The Necessity of Living Water. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Acts, chapter 1. And um, we're just going to let the Holy Ghost do what he want to do today. Is that all right? Let him have his way amongst us. Father God, we come to your divine throne this morning. Asking for divine grace and divine mercy. Pray that you'll give us divine light today. That we may behold Jesus. For it is he that we worship. He that we adore. Precious Holy Spirit. Begin to reveal to us. The victory of his cross. The power of his resurrection. Do what only you can do Holy Spirit. Begin to take us to new levels of blessing and authority in Christ as we, divide, as we get a divine revelation of who we are in Christ and all the benefits of his resurrection and his enthronement at the right hand of God. And we'll give you the glory and the praise and the honor for every manifestation of your spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. God said, I want it to be heavy today. Spoke that to me this morning. He said, I want to be heavy today. I said, God, what do you mean you want to be heavy? He said, I want my glory to fall on my people. That's what the heaviness is in the Bible. It's the glory of God. Cross has allowed us access, hallelujah, to the glory of God. To the things that the Spirit of God has given to us through faith in Christ. So today, as you sit there today, I pray that you will embrace what Jesus has to say to you. What the Holy Spirit has to say to you in terms of your understanding the need for Him. The need for the water of God. For the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. So let's get right to it. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Thank God Jesus was a teacher, amen. amen. Until the day which he was taken up, after that, he, through the Holy Ghost, somebody say the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Jesus, the God incarnate, he humbled himself and became a man, and he was led by the Holy Spirit all the days of his life. So the Bible is letting us know here that Jesus, through the Holy Ghost, always worked. Bible said, had given commandments unto the apostles under whom he had chosen. 
to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So the Bible is letting us know that the things that he taught them during those that, that forty day period were things pertaining to the kingdom of God, things that were very important to the church if the church was going to fulfill its divine destiny in Christ. So the Bible goes on to say here in verse 4, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said he, which said he ye have heard of me, Verse 5 says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. I want to go back to verse 4 again. It says, the Bible says, Jesus commanded them. Told them, uh, this is a command from your God. That you don't, don't go anywhere, don't try to do anything, don't try any ministry without the power of the Holy Spirit. Letting them know that, and letting us know also, not just to that 70 there, but to all believers, that without the power of the Holy Ghost, we can do nothing. It's imperative that the church revisit this. Because it's the power of the Holy Ghost that's going to take us to the place that God wants us to be. And only by the power of the Holy Ghost is it going to happen. A submission to the will of God, to the commandment of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is what is needed for us to experience what God wants us to experience in our generation. This is our portion. If we will come to him and really trust him when he says in his word that it's the spirit that quickens, the flesh profits nothing. Now, this church here, <laughs> I'm preaching to the choir, I think. <laughs> I felt the Holy Ghost all through the worship. I sensed the presence of God. But God says, I want you to go to new levels. How many of y'all know there are levels of glory? <laughs> he can take us higher higher and higher in the spirit. So, I need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. I cannot function properly as a Christian without the Holy Ghost. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 4. Just gonna feed on some things this morning, reminders, so to speak, of those things that have already been preached to us by Pastor Goodluck. Thank God for Pastor Goodluck. Amen. Amen. What a mighty, mighty man of God. Zechariah chapter four, verse six, very familiar scripture. One of those scriptures that I came to when I was very young in the Lord, and I just embraced it. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. 
not by might, which is man's strength or man's power, nor by power, again, man's ability, but God says it's by my, my spirit. My spirit. This thing, this Christianity, was birthed by God in the spirit. And it's meant to be maintained in the spirit. That is our challenge as believers. To grasp the reality of the need of the power of the Holy Ghost. In every situation in life. Our calling cannot be made manifest in the earth unless the Holy Spirit is behind everything that we do and say. It's the unction of the Holy Ghost that allows any minister to get up here and speak the oracles of God. Without such, there's, it's an impossibility. The child of God is called to trust in the Spirit of God on a moment-by-moment basis. This is, somebody say, well, that's not possible. It's possible. As we humble ourselves and recognize that what, what Jesus said in his commandment, if we don't do it, we won't see the things that he wants us to see in terms of signs, miracles, and wonders. Hallelujah. So, this thing has to be maintained by the Spirit of God. I want to go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Somebody say, I need the Holy Ghost. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 49. The Bible says in verse 49, And David, King David, put his head in his bag and took this, a stone and he slung it. And he smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. Verse 50 says, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. And he smote the Philistine and slew him or killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Now that's a good testimony. Is that not a good testimony? Victory over God's enemy. That's a good testimony. Anytime you can get it, hallelujah. Anytime you can have a victory over the enemy and the power of the, of the Holy Ghost, that's a good day. But what made David unique, in my opinion, is that he knew that he was nothing without the Holy Ghost. That's what made him unique. He understood that had it not been for the power of God and the anointing of God upon his life, there's no way that he was a match 
for the demon-possessed giant Goliath. The humility of him that he had caused God to promote him to the place that God could continually use him for kingdom glory. And what's needed for us to experience glory and victory like this is a divine humility at the throne of God. Understanding the revelation that without God, without the power of the Holy Ghost, we can't do anything. There must be, there must become now a, when you get that revelation, there must become now a dependency and a utter hunger for God. Like I said, David knew that without God, there's no way that he could take down Goliath. We must understand that without God, there's no way that we can take down the Goliath in our life. We must know that in the core of our being. It must not just be head knowledge, it must be heart knowledge. It has to come to the place where we humble ourselves at the very throne of God and worship Him with that understanding. That you are my bread, you are my water, you're my very life. And I need you, God, on a moment-by-moment basis. Can't live this life without it. He's the power of the unction behind every word I speak. Every anointed Step I make, he's the reason for it. He's the one that will take you from glory to glory. He's the one that will deliver you from poverty in the riches. He's the one that will heal your sick body because by his stripes we've been made whole. It's an understanding that it's him and him alone. That it truly is not by might nor is it by power, but it's by the spirit of the living Jesus causes us to worship him the more and the more and the more when we see him that way, when we understand our desperate need for him. It'll cause you to stay on your face, man. It'll cause you to to push your plate back and seek him and seek him alone in that secret place. Like I say, David was unique in that. God, God noticed that about him. That's why he was able to promote him. That's why he shunned the other sons of Jesse and said, that's the one. He will worship me. He will trust me. He'll put me first. He'll know that I am the oil and the wine of his infirmity. Jesus is the only one that can heal you. He's the only one that can bring you out of that which you are in, that you want to get out of. He's the only one. Stop looking to man. Look to him. Your prayer life is the key. Our flesh don't like that. 
flesh don't like that. But you know what? God can give you the grace to become somebody who prays. He can give you that grace. But you have to ask him. You have to ask him. Psalm 51, verse 9. Still talking about David a little bit. David fascinates me. I love this man. I love this man. I love the way he loved God. And though he was, he failed God at times, he always, his heart was always right. Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquity. Somebody say thank God for the blood of Jesus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love them blood songs, man. Because they, they take all the guilt and shame away. The Holy Ghost reminds us of the blood of the Lamb. And our worship of Him intensifies when we understand that it's only by grace that we're saved. Amen? Verse 10, David's still talking here. Creating me clean heart. Oh God. Notice who he's, who he's asking to do that. God. He know he can't do it himself. Creating me a clean heart. This is revelation for some of us. God and God alone can give us a heart worship him. Somebody say, I can do it myself. Through my willpower, I can go to God in my own strength and, 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 and I can worship him. You can't do nothing without God. David say, God, I can't do this. I can't create in me anything. You're the creator. I'm the creature. Create in me a clean heart. Do for me what I cannot do for myself. That is a dependency upon the Holy Ghost that we must learn. We need him for everything. We can't clean ourselves up. Therefore, we have to go to him and let him do because he's the only one. David had the key. Created me a clean heart. Oh, God. Renew in me a right spirit. Talking about divine restoration. Somebody needs something restored to you today. You need to go to God, the one who can only restore. The one who can only make it right. Verse 11. Cast me not away from thy presence. David understood the reality of worship in the holy place, in the secret place. When you get an understanding of the reality of the secret place, of the blood-bought secret place that Jesus has afforded us through the power of his resurrection, then we will begin to understand the necessity of that secret place. Then David says something very interesting here. He says, 
Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. David said, man, God, you can take my money. You can take my fame. You can take my fortune. You can take it all away. But don't take your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me because I recognize that without him, I'm nothing. I'm less than nothing. It's an exercise in humility is what it is. It's us coming to the throne, understanding that we have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, and that the only reason that we have access to that throne room is because of Jesus and Jesus alone, and the power of his resurrection is ours only through faith in the Lamb. So David says, I need the Holy Ghost. I need the power that the Holy Ghost affords me. This is a desperate man. Sometimes God is waiting on us just to get desperate enough. Where we just surrender it all. So that we can have it all. Which is him. It's all him. It's all the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> but I'm excited, man, about this. This here is what gives peace to my soul when everything else around me that went crazy. This here. Coming to him like King Solomon came one time. He said, Lord, I'm a little child. I don't know how to go out, (laughs) and I don't know how to go in. I don't know nothing. Help me, God. Pride will keep you away from God's best. And understanding that you and I need the presence of God and become desperate for it, that causes causes God to begin to... Lay upon us those blessings that we so desperately say that we want and need. There needs to be a desperation. David was a desperate man. I like it. I like it. John 15. Oh God, give us desperation. Now this is the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ talking. He says, I am the true vine. I like the way he said it. He said, I'm the true vine. Let me know that there are other vines out there that's not true. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he, the father, takes away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Pastor Larry, you can preach on that five weeks, ain't you? I know. Just that one verse. Five weeks. Now, Jesus said, you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. 
thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen? We've been made clean. Then he says something very interesting and very profound, and it's generational in terms of its application to every member of the body of Christ in every generation. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine. (laughs) You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Then he goes on to give the disclaimer. For without me... So Jesus lays it out very clear and plain to us in that verse of Scripture. That without him, we can't do anything. I can't worship God the way I should. No, no, you can't worship him the way you should. It takes the Holy Ghost. It takes an understanding of a continual connection to the vine. First of all, i got to recognize I'm, a, I'm only a branch. I'm, I'm a branch. He says I'm a branch, so therefore I'm a branch. I get that revelation. Then I understand that the only way that this branch can live and flourish and be a blessing and bear fruit is if I stay connected to the vine. So there is a dependency on the vine, on, on, on the branch to the vine. On a moment... By moment basis. This can't be on Monday and Tuesday I'm connected. And on Wednesday and Thursday I kind of, no, 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 no. God says if you want to bear fruit consistently for my kingdom glory, you must abide consistently. But I find in myself, in my own power, I can't do it. So I go to God, the only one who can strengthen me to this degree. And I ask him because he's a gracious God. I go to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Somebody say the throne of grace. That's where you get it all. We get it. We don't deserve it. We get it because God is good. All good gifts come from the Father. So this abiding strength that I need is found as I approach the throne of God in humility with a recognition that without him, I'm nothing. God, I'm thirsty for you. I need you. are my bread. You're my water. You're my all in all. So I begin to do what Joshua told Israel to do before they went into the promised land, which they forgot to do. Joshua told them, cling to God. Cling to God. Cleave to him. Hold tight to him on a moment-by-moment basis. But I can't do it in my own strength. Paul understood that. He said, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Thank God he got a revelation. He said, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. It's the strength of the Holy Ghost. Cleaving to him, holding on to him, trusting only in him and his ability to keep me from falling. 
lead me not into temptation. But deliver, you deliver me. Can't deliver myself. You deliver me. I come to your throne. I bow at your throne. I worship you. You're the only one. God liked that, by the way. He liked that kind of desperation. That kind of dependency. He likes that. He doesn't look down at you and say, you weak thing. No, he says, no, that's my baby. They know where all the power lies. It lies with me. I'm glorified in their desperation. That's where God wants us. He wants us with a total dependency upon him. Without such, we cannot see the things that we want to see. Because he's the only one that can reveal it. And he will not reveal it outside of his Holy Spirit. Somebody say glory to God. God. This is our portion. I'm going to close here in Psalms 42. Are we getting an idea of the need for the Holy Ghost? (laughs) I can't live this Christian life on my own. I can't do it. I I tried it. I can't do it. I need the power of God for everything. For everything. Has the heart or the deer panted after the water brooks, so panted my soul after thee. This is a desperate man. My soul pants after God. Verse 2. My soul thirsted for God. Thank God for the new house, for the new car, for all those good blessings and things like that. But my soul ain't thirsting for that. They can't satisfy me. I'll soon get tired of that. I'll soon get, get tired of washing the car. I'll soon get tired of cleaning the house. I'll soon get tired of cutting the yard. My soul thirsted for you, God, for the living God, when I shall come and appear before you. I'm going to close right there. Is that a good place to close? Then I'm going to pray. Because see here, the thing we need. We talked about the need for God. But we're talking about us coming to him. Because God is a gentleman. He doesn't force his way in. We have to, he wants us to come to him. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and he'll give us rest. Father God, we do come to you this morning. This revelation It's what is needed for some of us, God, to go to that next level. That place of divine passion and love for you. That that, that, that emotion that we want to be stirred within us can only be created by you, Lord. The keeping power of God is found in the Holy Spirit, through faith in the name of Jesus Christ. 
So this morning, God, I pray, we pray that you would begin to give us divine revelation of our need for the Holy Spirit on a moment-by-moment basis. For it is his ministry that Jesus told us and he commanded us to seek. He is the promise of the Father. He's the one that we are in desperate need of in these last days. Strengthen your people, God, with might by your spirit in their inner man. Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith, that they being rooted and grounded in love would be able to comprehend with all strength what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and that they would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. That they would be filled with all the fullness of God. In the matchless, mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Give God praise today. We worship you. Ah, we worship you forever, God. We worship you in our generations, and we will worship you throughout the eons of your eternity. Amen, amen, amen. You may be dismissed.